Welcome into another episode of the Fant TC Football Pod, coming at you with our Week 8 Thursday Night Football Preview. Already on to Week 8, this is the official midpoint in the year, right in between, uh, you know, of 17 here. Actually, I guess 8 and 9 would be the, the two middle weeks of the year here, but uh, we are pretty much in the thick of the fantasy season, and I think this, uh, this week's going to be a pivot point for a lot of people in their leagues, deciding whether or not they have an actual chance at the playoffs. So, Cody, how are you looking in your leagues this year? Um, I'm I'm looking all right. I, I would definitely say I'm on the cusp of uh, maybe being out of playoff contention in a couple of them, but I feel good about all my teams. I don't I don't think that I'm at a big disadvantage in most weeks. Just a little bit of bad luck, but that's part of fantasy football. I feel like that's part of why we play it. You just hope that you hope you get more lucky weeks than unlucky, but it is what it is, um, but like you said, these next couple weeks are what's going to determine if you make the playoffs or not. I think we're going to have a lot of good information, so um, obviously make sure to subscribe, like, comment, share, anything you can to help us out. We appreciate it, and hopefully we'll help you uh, kind of reel in some fantasy championships over these next uh, next couple of months. Yeah, for sure. Uh, we will definitely be going into a little bit more uh, trade discussion as the coming weeks uh, head into fruition here. Uh, usually uh, the, the deadline for trades is around week 12 or 13 in most leagues. It's been a little bit different now that the, uh, the regular season got pushed back. Some people moved it back a week, some people didn't. But we'll definitely get into more trade discussion uh, when we get closer to that week. Uh, this week, though, I wanted to do something a little bit different because I think we've been hammering the you know buy low, sell high segments on the last few uh, Thursday Night Football previews. So this week, I wanted to kind of go over a uh, few terminologies that we use on the show that I feel like we might not have properly defined uh, for the listeners on the podcast before, and that's just kind of... Um, our general, you know, ranking of players when we're going game by game and defining them, uh, you know, how we view them, and we may not be as specific as we need to be there. Uh, essentially, what we mean is when we're defining somebody as an RB one versus an RB two, uh, we just mean, you know, in that sense, we are talking about someone that, in the RB one sense, is in the top twelve of our rankings and would be a very confident start in your lineup any given week. And the RB2 is the uh, the backside of that where you're looking at somebody that not quite as confident but uh, would fall from 12 to 24 in your rankings if you had them for the wide receiver or the running back position. Um, I just feel like we can be a little bit more clear about how we define our – uh, rankings because we just sort of run through guys sometimes say oh we view him as a back end RB2 or a front end RB2 but maybe no, somebody doesn't know exactly what that means um, I think you just kind of have to uh, sort of you know compare that with what you uh, believe in your own players yourself so Cody I'll let you take over the flex discussion here uh, I think this is going to be a little bit more important for us because this is the one that has some more nuance versus the uh, you know the, the top two tiers are kind of easy to define yeah, absolutely. So one thing or one piece of terminology that I use a lot, especially on this podcast, is going to be a boom, bust, flex level player. Um, and, and what I mean by that is this player could potentially catch, you know, an 80 yard touchdown and have a boom week or they may only get targeted twice for one catch in seven yards for a bust week. So those guys, a lot of times when we're talking about guys like that, it is... Um, just 
you know, you put him in lineups in certain situations and when you feel like you need to score a lot of points and, and we define a lot of guys that way. Um, and then, you know, other times when we're considering flex level, you know, we'll also kind of mention just, you know, lower end, mid-tier flex level player. I feel like when we say that, we should kind of probably group all those guys into the same. They're just, they have a limited ceiling. Um you know, like a Tony Pollard, I would consider like a mere a mid to low tier flex option because he gets some work, but not enough to be, um, you know, locked and loaded every week. Or kind of some of those backup running backs that get work, or some of the wide receiver threes like a Tyler Boyd or someone like that. Um, you know, when we're talking about your mid to low level flex options, there, Nick, is there any other flex level or flex option that we highlight on the show at all? I'm trying to think of any. Yeah, um, I, I think the only the, the difference that I want to go between here is uh, when, when you're talking about those boom-bust flex guys, uh, I, I, I believe that the flex-level players kind of fall into two camps here where you have the boom-bust flex guys you were discussing there that are pretty much either good for a big play and not much else or a, you know, a, a total dud, or we have the guys that just have limited, very limited ceiling and... You know, they're more of the, the Robert Woods level players. He might not even fall into that discussion after his bad couple weeks, but uh, you know what I'm saying in general. It's just like kind of those guys that you can guarantee a few touches out of, but maybe don't have the ceilings of the, the boom bust guys. But I think the bigger conversation with Flex uh, that I would kind of like to touch on real quick is just that these guys are all sort of in the same tier. You know, that we, we don't really like to do rankings on the show and say, you know, I have this guy at 25 versus 28. I, I just don't believe that that matters that much at the end of the day. Um, you know, you're kind of splitting hairs when it comes to a few spots in a hypothetical ranking. So I think we want to focus more on just kind of what tier these guys fall into each week. And we're just trying to give you the, you know, the, 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 the leg up on having the best guys in, you know, having a few guys to pick from, from the higher tiers. So I think that's kind of the, the major point that I want to make with this. And basically, I, I don't like rankings the, the way that they're usually discussed. I, I don't think there's a huge difference usually between a couple spots. So you should be just focusing more on trying to, you know, best position yourself to have a few guys from the higher tiers to choose from uh, on a weekly basis. Yeah, absolutely. And also, when you're when you're cutting hairs on some of these flex decisions, just a couple other things to look at are just matchups. Um, if you're looking at wide receivers, what kind of cornerbacks do the other team have? Um, things like that as well. So, you know, that's kind of some other things when we're talking about flex level options that you just want to keep in mind um, because they're not as, you know, surefire things as your RB and wide receiver one and twos are. Yeah, I think the other, I guess the other piece of what we do here is help you define where those guys fall in those tiers um, you know where we think they and that week to week obviously those changes those change based on things like you said like matchups injuries uh, what have you uh, a lot of variables in football but yeah we're also we're just trying to help you define where these guys are and what you can expect from them week to week uh, but a lot of them fall in the same bucket so it's going to be hard for us to necessarily say obviously we'll do our best to try and help you with lineup decisions but you know whether uh, a certain player that's you'd rank 27 is better than a certain player you'd rank 28. You know, it's just you're going to be flipping a coin either way in that situation in my mind. I would also say most of your start set decisions are basically a coin flip because you just you never really exactly. know where touchdowns are going to go and where, um, you know, 
you just never know where anything could go on any given Sunday. So you're you're really just looking for someone to kind of convince you on what you're already thinking whenever you're looking at those decisions. So it's it's really not that big of a deal. I think whenever you look at it and there's someone's like, yeah, this guy's 27, this guy's 28, so I'm starting number 27 on the week. That's pretty moronic because there's a lot of other there's a lot of other decisions besides just a number on a piece of paper that you should think about when you're making that decision. Which I think we do a pretty good job of highlighting when we're going, you know, game by game throughout the week. But if you feel like we're maybe missing out a little bit on that, definitely let us know because I think that's probably the biggest part of fantasy football is kind of cutting your teeth on those start sit decisions in the flex flex level. Yeah, exactly. Those are kind of where your decisions come in. You're not really deciding about the guys above that because they're usually in your lineup. But, uh, the, the biggest thing that we could provide you is hopefully identifying those outliers, whether you know there's somebody we define as an RB2 that most other people define uh, lower than that or you know the other way around. I think that's kind of where we can help you the most in that situation, uh, just deciding between s- some lower-level players that, uh, you know, are kind of in the same boat is just always going to be a bad bet to make because you're you're never really going to know uh, either way coming into a, a certain week. Football is very random. So that was uh, a long-winded way of trying to help you guys understand what goes into our definitions of these players week to week. So hopefully that helped a little bit. But we'll get to the football for you here. Uh, the Thursday night game actually should be pretty interesting this week. Uh, low over-under, I don't know if you were surprised about how low that over-under is. I guess that just speaks to uh, these two offenses being on the uh, the struggling side of things right now. But it's Baltimore at Tampa Bay. Baltimore is favored by one and a half on the road. Another surprise for me there. Over-under is 45, uh, kind of mid-level, honestly. Expected it to be closer to 50. Um, Cody, I don't know how you feel about this game in a general sense, but do you want to just give me uh, kind of your feel of both of these teams right now? Yeah, I think the reason why we're getting this low over-under is the Baltimore offense is just beat up at just about every single position, and the Tampa Bay offense really stems from their offensive line. is just so bad right now that Tom Brady doesn't have enough time for plays to develop for them. So um, I think that they just expect the defenses to kind of dominate, and they expect these offenses to kind of keep stuttering. But um, I, I see here you like the over. I think... Just because of the trends, I think I'd still take the under on this week just because it seems to be hitting at a pretty high rate, but I, I wouldn't be surprised at all if this becomes a 25-28 a shootout, um, you know, middle midway through the fourth quarter. Yeah, I, I just I think both these offenses are due for a bounce back. Um, I oh, have been that impressed are. with what I've seen from Tampa Bay's defense, especially the past couple weeks. I think they're pretty beatable, especially in the run game. Carolina took advantage of that last Sunday, and Baltimore should be able to as well with Gus Edwards back and obviously with Lamar Jackson at quarterback. Hoping I have at least one healthy Rashad Bateman or Mark Andrews in this one. That would help Baltimore's side quite a bit, but... I do like the over here, and I think Tampa Bay's offense is also due for a little positive regression in the touchdown uh, touchdown department. So hopefully they get a couple early on that will help their confidence and might turn this into the shootout I'm expecting. But, yeah, like you, like you mentioned, I like Tampa Bay and the points here at home uh, and the over of 45 here if you are taking a bet on this one. A few more best bets that I have for this game. These are the ones I really want to highlight. Um, This kind of goes along with what I just said about what I believe about this one. But this is a Tampa win 
over nine and a half first quarter points and then over the total of 45 and a half at plus 750. Again, this is just kind of me expecting these offenses to have a better day than, you know, they've had in the past few weeks and hoping that this low over-under is just an overreaction to what we've seen from these, uh, you know, usually very high-end offenses in the first few weeks. What do you think, Cody? Yeah, I actually like that bet quite a bit. Um, the, again, the only, correlate. Yeah, the only thing I'm concerned about is the over. Um, I, I just want to point out that both these teams' offenses have looked pretty bad the past couple weeks. So for us to predict a blowout's probably a little uh, surprising. So I think I don't know. I think I'm still probably leaning the under on that. But uh, I. I if I'm putting my money on it, I'm going to bet the under, but I don't mind it because I could also see it being a, a, a decent shootout. But it's just they've looked so bad, I don't know if I want to put money on them breaking out against each other. I understand. Uh, yeah, and I, it's 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 really most of a gut, mostly a gut call. I don't have any numbers that back up what I'm saying, other than just the you know the horrible inefficiency of these offenses so far and the opportunity that they're used to. So I think we you got superstars be... absolutely everywhere. I mean, forty-five yeah, points should be nothing for these two teams. If you would have set the over be... under at the beginning, it would have been closer to fifty, like you said, at the beginning should of the be season. Should be some positive regression, I would yeah. hope. Um, we'll see. But this next one kind of goes along with that as well. Uh, it's Lamar Jackson over 273.5 total yards at minus 110. Much lower bet than I usually give out. I, uh, I like to live in the plus money on these best bets for the most part. But uh, this one I just liked a lot. I think this is a major overreaction to what we've seen from Lamar the past few weeks. If this game is competitive, like I believe it will be in any sort of high scoring, I think he'll clear 273.5 pretty easily. Uh, again, you should also consider that he's going to have a few of his guys out of the lineup on the receiving side, so he might end up having to do more himself. I, I, I still think he'll get there. 274 is not a ton to ask for Lamar, especially when you get to combine his uh, passing yards with his rushing yards. Yeah, I'm pretty sure he's averaging like 72 rushing yards a game. So I think I think that's a pretty solid number to, to hit. I like that bet. And then this next one's real simple. This is an alternate line. That's 49 and a half. That's plus 148 on the over. Uh, this is just increasing that over-under line a little bit and taking the plus money that comes with it. Again, I just like this game to shoot out. And 49.5 is not a ridiculous total to ask for. You know, it's not like we're shooting this up to, to 55. So I think these teams can get to 50. That'd be a 27-23 game. That's not a ton to ask from Tom Brady and Lamar Jackson. Yes, like I said, I I agree. I think that there there's definitely could be a 25-28, you know, 31-28 kind of game, but just with how bad they've looked, I'm putting my money on the under. Um, but another bet that I kind of like, um, you can either bet both these guys at this number or just one uh, and hope that he's the one who hits. But Devin Duvernay and Rashad Bateman plus 250 uh, anytime touchdown. Mark Andrews is beat up. Um, like Nick said, he kind of expects some points to be put up in this game. If that's the case, one of these receivers are going to have to get in the end zone. Um, even if you, you know, if you were to put ten dollars on each, you'd still, you'd still profit five overall. So, you know, make that whatever unit size you'd like to, and you could potentially turn it into a decent, uh, a decent payout. And if they both, if they both score a touchdown, then you're just happy all around. But one of these wide receivers is going to have to get in the end zone for for Baltimore. Yeah, I like this line at Bateman a lot. Uh, I think uh, on Duvernay, I might 
I might try to see if I could wait closer to game time and get a, you know, if a healthy Bateman comes in, this line might go up for him. But if it doesn't, then I think this line is fine for both of them. Uh, at two and a half to one, uh, I think these guys are going to be super involved and have a, you know, as good of a shot to score a touchdown uh, out of anybody in the receiving core, especially with Andrews banged up. Yeah. Let's get into the game itself here. Uh, on the Baltimore side, Obviously, Lamar Jackson is in your lineup. Uh, he has been uh, on a little bit of a cold streak on the fantasy side of things for the past few weeks, but we expect him to turn it around, at least I do. I don't know how you uh, are temperature-wise on Lamar right now, but I think he'll bounce back, and I'm just hoping we can get some of his pass catchers a little healthier. Uh, he just It seems like he needs someone to consistently get open for him downfield to open things up underneath. Yeah, for sure. Um, I don't have too much to add when it comes to Lamar Jackson. I think you're just you're hoping for him to turn it around. It is against one of the better defenses in the NFL, but if anyone can do it, Lamar Jackson can. So he's locked and loaded in your lineup. There's no streaming option that you're considering over Lamar. So um, you know, do I, am I going to predict a massive turnaround? Eh, probably not. This is still a pretty tough defense with a banged up receiving core, but. He should have to run around a decent amount in this game. Could get a touchdown or two on the ground. So he's locked and loaded in your lineup no matter what. Yeah, I think I think so as well. As his high-end potential is just uh, too weak winning for me to ever put him on the bench, uh, You know, unless things just really spiral the, the, the next couple games here. But uh, Gus Edwards is the running back we want on Baltimore right now. I would call him a back-end RB2 at the moment. Uh, unless you're in a non-PBR format, then he's probably more of in the you know middle side of this tier. But I just think that we have to remember his floor is pretty low, especially in non-PBR or non or excuse me half and full PPR formats. He does not really catch the ball at all. Saw two touchdowns last week. His efficiency was okay, but. I think his workload should be there, so that's uh, that's a lot when it comes to the running back position right now. It's hard to find guys on good offenses that you know are getting a lot of the run. So he's on the list, but I'm not. I don't know if I'm quite as excited about Gus Edwards as other people are. Yeah, I don't. I don't blame you for not being as excited. I I am um, relatively high on Gus Edwards. I, I think he's going to be pretty good rest of season for fantasy football. Um, first thing that I'm excited about, he gets 16 carries, uh, first week back and he wasn't even really in for sure. I think until Saturday, maybe Sunday morning. So, um, that's good and good for him. And there's really no one in this backfield. I'm like overly concerned about taking too much workload from him. I don't think he's going to get, you know, for the full, you know, 100% RB one treatment, but he's going to get the majority of the work. Um, my thing, it, it, it is just tough because when you're on a team with Lamar Jackson, he can vulture a touchdown from you know anywhere on the field. So especially around the goal line, you know Lamar's going to have a carry opportunity somewhere in that playbook. Um, for If he can solidify himself as the RB1 in this backfield, he could be a mid to high tier RB2 for me. But I think at this point, you, you have him put perfectly. He's a low end RB2. Um, and he should be started in play for fantasy football purposes. I think he's going to be pretty solid. 
Yeah, definitely in the starting range for running backs right now. Uh, just a little game script dependent, and again, just not being involved in that receiving uh, side of things for the running backs always lowers your floor uh, in, if, the, if the game goes the other way. So I like Gus Edwards as a player. I think he'll be a solid play the rest of the year, but just kind of have to realize his limitations. Um, on the wide receiver side, we just talked about the two guys that are relevant for the Baltimore Ravens. That's Rashad Bateman and Devin Duvernay. Uh, Bateman is the guy I want to play if he's healthy, but he did not practice today. And obviously this game is on Thursday, so we don't have a ton of time in between now and then. I would probably just be trying to avoid all of these guys. Uh, you know, when Bateman missed a few weeks ago, Demarcus Robinson got more targets than uh, Devin Duvernay did. So I don't know if I really want to take a bet on him again after he burned me uh, a few weeks ago. I think I might feel a little better about it if Andrews is ruled out or something like that. But um, I, I think I'm probably just trying to avoid this Baltimore passing game until they are uh, rested up and fully healthy going into the week. It's It's been a tough go for them the past few. Yeah, I, I agree. I think sitting these wide receivers is a good option for you. Now, Bateman is, is someone that a lot of fantasy players are kind of not depending on entirely, but you spend a decent draft pick on him if you've rostered him this entire time. You know he's going to be in your start sit decisions if he's if he's going to give it a go. So just a couple names here for you, Nick: Darnell Mooney or Rashad Bateman. I think I'm going to go Rashad Bateman if he plays. Uh, obviously, yep. because Mooney is at Dallas this week, not a great matchup for yep. Chicago. So I I probably still lean Bateman in that one. Gotcha. Uh, Bateman or George Pickens? I'm going to go George Pickens. I think there is more guaranteed targets, and I know he has uh, a decent connection with Kenny Pickett right now, and they're definitely going to have to throw the ball on the road at Philly. They're going to be losing that game. Yeah, absolutely. And then last but not least, Drake London or Rashad Bateman? That's Rashad Bateman. It's not that close. I'd probably play Devin DuVernay over Drake London. I don't know how you can start Drake London right now with how little the Falcons throw the ball. Yep, I, I agree with you there for sure. Yeah, that's someone that uh, is coming at you with a dynasty team name of I Love the Drake. Uh, that's because of Drake London. So been a rough go for me the past few weeks uh, with Drake London, and I've just had to kind of come to a realization that that Atlanta offense just does not like throwing the ball, Cody. They they don't they don't like it. They don't believe in it. And Arthur Blank won't stand for it. Oh, it, it, it's Arthur Smith won't stand for it. Arthur Blank's the owner, but yeah, it's it's a tough watch. Um, anyway, Mark Andrews, you're playing him if he plays. I know we dudded you last week, but you can't afford to sit him if he is active. Uh, I'd probably just try to you know. Look at some reports if there's anything coming out that he's going to be on a snap count or something like that. Maybe you can make a pivot. But if that's not the case, then I can't imagine sitting him. Yeah, now if Mark Andrews is listed as out, would you consider Isaiah likely as a pivot situation if you're streaming the tight end position? Sure. Yeah, if you don't have a better option it's a deeper league, I think he'll be probably extremely necessary at that point, especially with a banged-up Rashad Bateman as well. So. I think he is a very fine option in that case. Yeah, he's a. I think so as well. So if Mark Andrews is out, Isaiah likely rookie tight end. Another another rookie tight end just making its way onto the show. 
a lot uh, a lot more than usual this year. Usually tight ends uh, do not break out early in their careers, but we've had quite a few of them uh, showing out pretty well so far. So good for them. Now that they're basically just class. bigger wide receivers, I feel like it may be a little bit easier. Not as much blocking I'm, involved. <laughs> listen, Cody, if, if it means that uh, when, you know, two or three years down the road, we're going to be able to draft a tight end at eight or nine uh, off the board and be confident starting him, then I'm going to be just fine with it. I'm just, I, I want the tight end pool to be a little bit deeper. We're, we're really in a shallow situation with the tight ends right now. So if it means they're going to be better moving forward, then I'm all for it. For um, sure. On the Tampa side, as I said before, I am a little just gut cally on this game right now. I'm feeling a little bit of a shootout, so I'm not sure you'd be sitting Tom Brady anyway. Uh, it's still call him a low-end starter, but I, I think you have to throw him in your lineups this week. I'm not making the pivot to a Daniel Jones against Seattle or a you know Justin Fields, obviously, against Dallas, someone of that, of that caliber. I'm sticking with Brady for at least one more week and just hoping that touchdown percentage comes back up. All right. Well, you already crossed one of these names off the list. How would you feel, Tom Brady, Geno Smith, or Kirk Cousins? I'm going to go Tom Brady. Um, actually, mm, Kirk Cousins against Arizona. I I think I'm going to still go Brady. That's just go because Brady of my gut call, Kirk, though. Yeah. I think Kirk's a very fine play against Arizona at home this week, though. That should be a good matchup for him. Yeah, I think he's fine, but I, I agree. I think Tom Brady somewhat turns it around. and uh, <clears throat> I, I don't know. Arizona can be kind of sneaky. Is Byron Murphy out for Arizona? I know he was I injury poor. I can't remember. I have not seen yet. That is something to definitely monitor, especially yeah. for Justin Jefferson. Owners, I mean, obviously you're starting him, but uh, maybe some DFS plays that come down to that injury uh, on the Vikings side, but we'll see later in the week. Um, now, one I, more I think, for you on Tom Brady. Yeah, Tom Brady right, or, right. or Tua Tonga Viola. And Miami plays Detroit at Detroit this week. Yep. Yes. Mm. I think I am going to go uh, Tua in that situation just because of the juicy matchup yeah. and because I believe in that Miami team, but. I think he'd probably be right above Brady in my rankings if I had to guess. Not not very far ahead. Yeah, I think I think Brady he's probably right behind Tua for me as well. Yeah. He's I think Once Tua they get it going, I can just see them on. pouring it on the first team that, you know, they can score a couple touchdowns on and get the offense moving on because they that's just kind of been their MO in years past with Brady under center. But We'll see how it goes. I have a decent amount of confidence in them to again at least have to throw the ball quite a bit. So I'm hoping that Tom Brady. Well, I am still in here, and it looks like it's still recording me. We may have lost Nick, um, so if you're still hanging out, uh, just just give us a second here, and hopefully he'll join back up. Well, we were just talking about Tom Brady. I think that we kind of settled uh, Tua over Tom Brady, but Tom Brady over the likes of Geno Smith, Kirk Cousins, and Daniel Jones. Um, I'll just move into the running back here for Tampa Bay. That is Mr. Leonard Fournette. Um, if he does again and split snaps with White, it'll kind of, it'll be time to start sounding the panic alarm. But, you know, you can't bench him at this point. You just have to ride it out and hope this offense gets back on track. Um, you know, he's been very involved. This offense has just been completely dysfunctional the past couple of weeks. So I'm not going to take 
uh, like getting a, a good amount of work. Just I'm not going to take it for too much credit. This offense has been very wonky. Nick, we're talking about Leonard Fournette, man. Good to see you. Wow. I uh, went into a pretty long rant after I disconnected without realizing it, so I'm glad that uh, the walls in this room got a good feel of how I uh, you know, value Leonard Fournette right now. But, Cody, is there anything I can chime in on Leonard Fournette, or have you given uh, as much discussion as we need on him? Um, I just threw out the notes that we have in here. Was there anything good in your rant to to mention on them? I just I think you have to you have to start them at this point. You just have to ride it ho ride it out. I said I'm not going to take anything from the past couple weeks. This offense has looked completely dysfunctional. When it gets back to how it's normal, how it's running normally, I think Leonard Fournette's going to be the main guy in this backfield. Yeah, Cody, that rant was kind of a you had to be there sort of thing, unfortunately. So <laughs> I, I'll just I'll keep it short and sweet and say that uh, with Leonard Fournette, I'm just kind of watching that snap share with him and Rashad White. Hopefully, it's you know levels out a little bit more and goes back towards Fournette's side for for his sake. Um, but that's the only thing I'm worried about with Leonard Fournette. This offense will be better. We'll have more touchdown opportunity moving forward. So I think he'll be uh, much better in coming weeks. And really, last week was his first dud. It's just because he didn't get the targets. I, I think um, if those come back to any degree, he'll be fine. Yeah, for sure. And uh, moving on to the wide receivers, these guys are, again, a pretty easy discussion. I can't imagine sitting either one. They're just getting too much target share right now. That is Mike Evans and Chris Godwin. Um, if they keep getting this amount of targets, they're going to figure it out. Uh, even a you know average to below average quarterback throwing to receivers this good as many times as Brady is uh, would eventually you know figure things out with these guys to a degree enough for that they're worth having for fantasy. And we've kind of seen their floor. I feel like the past couple weeks, just as far as their inconsistencies in general are concerned, and it's not that bad. I mean, these guys haven't killed you yet, so. I'm okay riding it out with them. Until I see one or both of their target shares just take a dive, then I'm, I'm okay with them in my lineup. Yeah, I'm right there with you. Um, I've been high on these guys all year. I'm not wavering. I, I do think this offense is going to turn it around quite a bit. Um, for me, these guys are still trade-for candidates as well. I think they're, they're league-winning wide receivers. So um, I'm not wavering in the slightest when it comes to Mike Evans or Chris Godwin. Chris Godwin's injury is a little bit concerning, so I'm not saying you know trade trade a haul for Chris Godwin right now. I would wait to see if that injury kind of plays out better, but I, I'm still relatively high on, on both for sure. Asking for a friend that might be doing a podcast with you right now, uh, give me two of three out of these guys for a nine PPR wide receiver spot. That's T. Higgins, Chris Godwin, and DeAndre Hopkins. Hold on. A nine point per reception? So, excuse me, non-PPR. 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 I was like, wow, what a league. <laughs> um, <laughs> uh, so, De- so it was DeAndre Hopkins, Chris Godwin, and you say T. Higgins? Yes. Okay. Uh, obviously, Chris Godwin is playing the Ravens. I don't hate that matchup. I believe um, DeAndre is playing at Minnesota, and then T. Higgins is playing the Cleveland Browns. So all um, pretty pretty good matchups all around, honestly. Yeah, but I think I think D. Hops in my lineup for sure, and then. Oh, I can't sit T. Higgins against the Browns. That's such a soft yeah. matchup. The way that yeah. Bengals passing game has looked, I 
Unfortunately, I'm sitting Chris Godwin right now. That's the decision that I would go with. But I was wondering if you could maybe talk me out of it. Yeah, no, I can't because I I would go my number one out of those three would be um, would be D Hop. So I, I can't talk you out of it. I think you got the right lineup. Yeah, um, especially in non PPR. You can't. Yeah. Oh yeah, non PPR. Yeah, you can't you can't take T Higgins out of your lineup because that passing game is ridiculous right now. So if it Fit even it comes close to the numbers they had last week. You you want any kind of piece in that receiving game? Yeah, Godwin definitely much more valuable in half and full PPR. His uh, you know just amount of targets has been his biggest attribute to this point. We're just hoping he can get in the end zone and maybe catch a few more of the targets he's had. Uh, kind of a lower lower catch rate for him. That's not usually his mo. Um, and then last. Guy I want to mention on the Tampa side here, that's Cade Otten. I think he's a solid streamer this week if you're a Kelsey or a Gerald Everett owner. Uh, both the Chiefs and the Chargers are on by, so um, I think he can be a fill-in for you if you need him. I know, Cody, you're not quite as high on him, but I just kind of like what I've seen from him as a player. seems like Tom always has a few targets for his tight end, and Cade has been playing 90% of the snaps consistently when Brate has been out. Yeah, I I don't hate it. I just I think this is just really only an option in deep leagues because of buys. I'm I'm still low on him. I think he's still the the fourth to fifth option on this team in the receiving game. So um, I I don't it, it's tight end. So if he gets in the end zone, then everything I'm saying is for nothing because he's already going to be you know in the top top eight or nine. So I. I it's just kind of dependent on that. So if you want to take your shot on Kate Otten on Thursday night. Go right ahead. I'm I'm gonna pass on that though. That's fair. We'll be back on uh, Friday to see how Kate Otten did, and where one of us is going to have some bragging rights there. I would you take the over under on eight half half PPR points for Kate Otten? I would take the under. Okay. Well, uh, let's let's make a let's make a show bet here for the first time live on air here. I'll take the over on eight half PPR points for Kate Otten. We'll see who wins that on Friday, and uh, we'll, we'll come up with some sort of punishment for one of the two of us. All right. I'm done. Sounds like a plan. <laughs> All right. Sweet. Uh, so I'll be watching with my Kate Otten jersey on on Thursday night, uh, and we will talk to you guys on Friday with our Week 8 uh, preview. Cody, is there anything else you want to say about uh, Tampa and Baltimore? Nope, I think we wrapped it up pretty good. If you stuck it out, we appreciate it. Like, comment, subscribe. Um, we'll, we'll be back with you on Friday for a, uh, a Week 8 preview. And like, like we said in the beginning, it's crazy it's already Week 8, but it's time to lock it in and hopefully uh, get some wins these next couple weeks, get your playoff spot locked up, and make that playoff push. So stick around. We'll help you out, and uh, hopefully we'll all be enjoying some wins in the next couple of weeks. Peace out, everybody. See you guys.